0: G'day everyone, welcome to The Journey This Week. My name's Jude Hennessy. I have the great privilege of bringing you this program each and every week comes out of Wollongong and goes right around the country to over 30 radio stations. Lots of people get it as an email sent them to each week. We've got heaps and heaps of people who listen to it in different podcast platforms. We don't mind how you listen in. We just are stoked that you do and we hope that it's that's blessing you. Big show this week. It's the the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. That's what the readings will be based on that we, that we listen to, the gospel that we'll hear today in today's show. And that's coming from the Catholic liturgical calendar as we, we work through the entire a book of the Bible over a three-year cycle. And straight after the the birth of the church at Pentecost, it makes sense to have a feast of the church that focuses on the Holy Spirit. Really pleased that we've got Father Daniel McCann. He's the parish priest up at Sutherland, which is uh, south of Sydney. He's doing a great job up there, getting big crowds. I'm not surprised because he's such a wonderful preacher, just loves being a pastor. And so he's going to break open the gospel for us this week. We're going to hear from Mother Hilda Scott, of course. She's going to break open Psalm 139 for us. Pete Gilmore is on the show. Later in the piece, he's going to talk to us about God's immense love. And in the middle part of the show, we're going to do something necessarily, which is pretty serious, because this is a big deal. We're going to be talking to, to Father Tony Percy. He's heading up a task force in the Archdiocese of canberra goulburn which is opposing the compulsory acquisition by the ACT government of Calvary Catholic Hospital. They're doing so for reasons that are not entirely clear, but behind a bit of a smokescreen, it would appear that it's hot on the heels of a report which mentions concerns about the religious stance of the hospital, which would be in regard to things like euthanasia and abortion. And a month after that report, there was a move to very rapidly compulsorily acquire this hospital. There's still... Over 70 years remaining on this lease. They've been there since 1979. But it appears that it will be taken off them in a matter of weeks with very little discussion, with ignorance of what would normally be a couple of months of debate in Parliament and this government being able to pass legislation that basically says we don't have to follow the legislation in regards to this case. It is so alarming. Regardless of whether you're a Catholic, whether you're another Christian denomination or none, whether you're another faith or none, because this sets a precedent not only within the ACT but throughout the Federation for governments at a particular point in time to compulsorily acquire while ignoring the rule and law basic rights of every individual and institutions within Australia. There is nothing, as we will hear from Tony Percy, the Tony, to stop this occurring potentially with things such as educational institutions, schools, dare I say it, with radio stations and land, particularly if they're not towing the party line as to what is regarded as acceptable behaviour or speech, for example. And really, you shouldn't be scoffing at this because none of us would have thought just a very short time ago that any government would come along and say, well, you don't want to play ball in far as as far as what we see as being things that should happen in a hospital, such as abortion, abortion and euthanasia? Well, you know what? We'll take it from you. Unbelievable. We're going to find out why from Tony Percy. Don't miss that. Very, very important, as is his call to action. Anyway... We're not going to worry on God's behalf, we're not going to fear, we're going to jump straight into scripture as we always should as we break and open this week's gospel. But lots to get through and some pretty serious content this week. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessey, so pleased you've joined us this week on the journey.
1: A reading from the Holy Gospel according to John. Jesus said to Nicodemus, God loved the world so much that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him may not be lost but may have eternal life. For God sent his son into the world not to condemn the world but so that through him the world might be saved. No one who believes in him will be condemned but whoever refuses to believe is condemned already because he has refused to believe in the name of God's only Son, the Gospel of the Lord. And now the Gospel Reflection with Father Daniel McCann.
2: The solemnity of the Most Holy Trinity is one of the most beautiful feast days in the church's year. It's also one of the most daunting to preach about. In fact, every priest comes to the pulpit in fear and trepidation on the day of the Holy Trinity because they're scared they're going to say something incorrect in talking about one of the deepest and most stupendous mysteries of our faith, that we worship, we know, we love one God. But that one God is a unity of a trinity of three persons, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, three divine persons united in an eternal Communion of life giving love. It is impossible to know the Trinity by human reason alone. Human reason can arrive at the fact that there is one God, but who that God is has to ultimately be revealed by God Himself. And throughout sacred scripture, God gradually shows Himself to be a unity of three divine persons in one Godhead God the Father shows his very heart, indeed his very self, through the gift of his Son. And the work of redemption wrought by his Son is continued throughout history through the personified love between the Father and the Son, who is God, the Holy Spirit. As we contemplate this mystery, it should only encourage us, indeed make our hearts burn with more longing to be able to see God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit face to face in heaven. But while we're here on earth, we're not left without signs of this trinity in unity. The greatest sign, and indeed the greatest icon that we have onto the internal or interior life of God is the human family, and indeed the Christian family. Husband and wife, who commit themselves to each other for life, to form a communion of persons in life-giving love. Indeed, we as men and women, as human beings, we do not simply drop out of the sky, but are called to come into being precisely in this communion of life-giving love. And so the greatest window we have back onto God, even more than the priesthood and the religious life, is actually the love of husband and wife and wife and children. And when we look at it this way, we have to marvel and give thanks to God. That we are the way we are, because God is a Trinity.
1: You're listening to The Journey, music, interviews, and wisdom for living life to the full. to The Journey. Music, interviews and wisdom for living life to the full. Now, Wisdom from the Abbey with Mother Hilda.
3: I recently heard a seemingly funny story. I'll pass it on to you, though perhaps you've already heard it. A man had lost his glasses and was kneeling down in his garden in front of his house, scouring the grass, trying to find them. A friend passed by and asked him what he was doing. I'm looking for my glasses. I've lost them. Oh, well, let me help you. Two sets of eyes are better than one. After a while, and the results still being negligible, the friend asked, Are you sure you lost them here? Oh, no, I didn't lose them here, came the reply. I lost them inside the house. Well, why are you looking for them out here? The man replied, Because it's too dark to look for them in there there's more light out here speaks for itself doesn't it so often you and I need answers but those answers we know are hidden in a dark place they're hidden inside a conversation we don't want to have with someone they live inside a truth about ourselves we don't want to face they glare at us from afar because we don't want to go near them I'm sure you can add to the list here And yet there is an answer in the friend who will come and look with us. I, of course, speak of our loving God. Remember the words of Psalm 139? Darkness is not dark for you, and night is as clear as the day. Ask God to help you find what you've lost. Ask God to help you with the answers you don't have. And I'll give you a tip. Be prepared to wait while you both find what you're looking for. Invite God into your darkness. And then the darkness will not be darkness anymore, because the God of all light, the God who is light, will have shed that same light across your search. I promise you, if you ask him, he will come. I heard recently a scientific fact, for which I don't have the correct words, I'm not scientific, but it went something like this. If we travel to the center of darkness, there is light. Remember what John said in the prologue of his gospel? He spoke of a light that the darkness cannot overcome. Maybe as you're listening to this, you know very well the name of the darkness that envelops your life right now. Can I urge you sometime this week, or when this program's finished, that you sit quietly, actually put your hand out, take God's hand, And let him lead you through the darkness to that centre of light. And then all these words just won't be words for you, they'll be fact. Just keep saying over and over again, for you, my God, darkness is not dark.
0: Thanks so much to Mother Hilda Scott there, breaking open the words of Psalm 139. Darkness is not dark for you. The night is as clear as day. Beautiful. Thank you to her. Not a bad lead into what we're going to talk about in a moment with the interestingly and perhaps well-described dark events of what are going on down in the ACT at the moment with the compulsory acquisition of Calvary Hospital. We're going to be hearing from Father Tony Percy. He's heading up the task force which is trying to make Australians, no matter who they are, Catholic, another Christian denomination, another faith group, or none at all, aware of just how serious and just how concerned we all should be about what is is happening in the ACT at the moment with a Catholic private hospital about to be taken over by the ACT government and the precedent it sets in so many spheres of life for individuals and organisations, faith groups. So hang about. You're going to hear from Father Tony Percy and you're going to hear his call to action. Every single one of us should be up in arms about this. This is the sort of stuff that you hear about happening in... Countries that are dominated by corrupt governments. Ones that ignore the law and change the law to suit them when required. Well, that's what is happening here. That's after the break. Time for a bit more music. Is Shane and Shane and the Worship Initiative, the beautiful version of Oceans. We'll be hearing from Third Day as well. You are so good to me. And after the break, we've got a couple of spots in the show where we're going to be talking at length to Father Tony Percy. Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. I'm really pleased that you've joined us this week on The Journey. You call me out
4: upon the waters The great unknown
5: Where feet may fade
4: And there I find you in the mystery In oceans deep My faith will stand All uh-huh. right. Above the waves My soul will rest in your embrace For I am yours And
1: you are mine Together on the journey Faith, hope and love For life in all its fullness
4: You are beautiful My sweet, sweet song you are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. You are beautiful, my sweet, sweet song. And I will sing again.
0: As promised, really, really pleased to be interviewing this week for The Journey, Father Tony Percy. He hails from Canberra-Goldwyn Archdiocese. He's uh, previously been the Vicar General there. He's had had a lot of roles in, in different facets of Australian Catholic Church life, including running the Seminary of the Good Shepherd, previously in Sydney. He's a good man, and he finds himself very much in the mix at the moment as a spokesperson and a very succinct and savvy spokesperson around this issue that is evolving with Calvary Hospital in canberra Goulburn, Many of our listeners will have heard of it. It's something that's received coverage in lots of media outlets around the country, be they national media outlets and indeed Christian media outlets. And so, Father Tony, first of all, thanks for joining us on the journey. And can you give us in a bit of a nutshell an understanding of what is going on down here in this situation with Calvary Hospital in Canberra?
6: Thanks for having me on the journey, Jude. It's really a delight to be here. So the Calvary Hospital, public hospital in Canberra, was invited by the federal government to offer medical services in 1979. They've been doing that for 44 years. It's a 120-year lease, and suddenly the ACT government has said it wants to do a compulsory acquisition of the land, the property, and rip up the medical services lease. So it's a real problem because we know that governments can do compulsory acquisitions, but they have to do them according to their own rule of law and they have to do them on just terms. So some of your listeners would remember very, very well the film The Castle, if they haven't watched it, they should. Now, the ACT government is not doing that, Jude. They, they are not looking towards doing a compulsory acquisition according to their own rule of law. Mm. They've suspended their own standing orders. That is, there will be no discussion of this bill at all, even though in the ACT you'd have two months of it. And furthermore, they have suspended their own Land Acquisition Act of 1994, which tells us how uh, compulsory acquisitions are to be done. So they've done that as well. So you can see that we're not going to have a compulsory acquisition done according to the rule of law, and neither are we going to have it done on just terms. This is a very serious issue, not only for, obviously, the Catholic Church, but for every citizen in Australia
0: yeah father tony i was at a prayer breakfast this week and i was really surprised by how many of the other pastors and church leaders came up to us and will come up to me and said listen this is this is a big deal and and they named archbishop christopher Prowse and they, they named yourself and, and they said listen we're we're praying for you guys this is this is a big deal if they can if they can just come in and waltz in and do this to you they can do it to any one of us over any one of our institutions regardless of how we might feel about it why should why should not only people of faith, not only Christians but, but other other faiths and, well, even if you've got no faith at all, why
6: is this a big deal and why is it is potentially setting such a huge precedent? Mm. Well, see, we're the Catholic Church obviously is one of the players and you've got other churches, other Christian churches, you've got the Jewish people, the Islamic people, you've got people who have no faith at all mm. who are involved in community activities and have property associated with it, land, property. So if the government can act like this with a medical institution which is offering you know, foundational needs for people's uh, lives. So as you know, the two great professions are the medical profession looking after the needs of the body and then the teaching profession looking after the needs of the soul. Mm-hmm. If they can do it with such, such a basic, such a fundamental institution in Australian life, they can do it with anyone. There's no stopping them. So we've got to stop it here and your listeners have got to get involved and help us and to let the government know uh, what our thoughts are on this. It's a very, very serious issue.
0: It is. It is. And we're going to speak more about this uh, in a moment. We're, we're just going to go to a song now. We're going to have a bit more music. When we come back after that, we, we're going to talk about the why. Where, where does this originated from? And, and we're going to talk about well, what needs to happen. What can we do? And... and What potentially should governments be doing, whether they be, you know, federal governments or in in our own jurisdictions? We've got listeners in WA and Queensland and New South Wales. We've got them all over the place, and so potentially we need to talk about what needs to happen to just to stop the rot here, because this is uh, this is huge for for any church, in fact, for any private citizen. Up now, though, we're going to have a bit of music. Back after the break. Faith, hope, love, and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you've joined us this week on the journey.
4: Always trying to swim upstream. Answering to no one in no the world but me. Who needs Jesus? When you're trying to be James Dean, I never saw a tough man turn his cheek. That seems so weak. Look at me. Thinking I was free when my hands were really tight. A ball and chain are easier to break than a man's foolish pride. I was storming down the road to Damascus. You were the truth that I couldn't see. But I heard you say, come, oh come, be a rebel for me. put you on the cross, can I believe it, You're right up to the bitter end, you chose to lose your life, so I could win, and start again, look at me, thinking I was free, in my head, And a man's foolish pride I was standing down the road at Damascus You were the truth that I couldn't see But I heard you say come, oh come left I want to hold I give up all the world to gain my soul So God I'm open Make me what you're looking for Cause no kingdom of this earth compares with yours And I'm yours For me. Faith, hope,
1: love and life. This is The Journey.
0: Welcome back to The Journey. My name's Jude Hennessy. Really pleased to be bringing you this interview with Father Tony Percy from Canberra, Goulburn. We've been talking about the origins of and the potential implications of what's unfolding around Calvary Hospital down in Canberra, Goulburn. Father Tony... I'm always intrigued by people's why. What is the why of the government? What, why, why here and why now? What are the origins of them grabbing out at this hospital at this point in time?
6: They've said that they want to do this because they wanted a more, or they want a more integrated health system. But most people in Canberra are saying, look, they can't even run their own hospital. Why would they uh, I think they can run a second one. So this this is their argument. But I think the clue is to a report that was done. The ACT government did a survey of abortion services last year, and they put out the report on the 10th of April, 2023. And uh, that report acknowledges, in fact, that the main public hospital and neither Calvary Hospital do abortions. They're done around the city with uh, medical clinics, et cetera. And one of the reasons for that is the doctors and nurses don't like doing it. But uh, in the, uh, the back end of that report, it says, oh, well, the medical services offered by Calvary are done with too much of a religious overtone. Mm. And, uh, you know, just imagine, Jude, if people said that about St Vincent's in Sydney or the Martyr in Brisbane mm. or the, uh, the Mercy in Melbourne. It's a preposterous argument. So it's clearly got religious uh, overtones and uh, dislike for religious people behind it all. There's no doubt about it. So that's, uh, I think, uh, the key to it. And uh, we've got to do the best we can to get as many signatures on our petition, which is over 30,000 now. Mm. And we need your listeners to contact the Prime Minister of this country to say, you've got to get involved because it won't stop here in the ACT. The Prime Minister has to get involved to say to the Chief Minister, you can do a, a compulsory acquisition, but you must do it according to the rule of law mm. and on just terms. So at the moment... The government's saying, oh, we'll just acquire it, then we'll do the just terms later. Well, everybody that's listening to us knows how ridiculous that is. Someone acquires your car mm. and then says, oh, we'll negotiate the price later. What a
0: lot of nonsense. Mm. Well, that's a fairly bleak and insidious reasoning as to why they might be looking to acquire the, the hospital, Father Tony. They might they might have different levels of denial around that. Regardless of that, though, what needs to happen from this point in? What are the solutions? How can any person of goodwill, regardless of faith, any person of goodwill, I suppose, step in and rise up against what is clearly here unjust and, and unwarranted.
6: Yeah, well, we've got, as I mentioned, 30,000 signatures over that now for the petition. So if the your listeners go to www.savecalvary.com.au and it'll take you 30 seconds to get onto our petition. Mm-hmm. If they go to the, uh, just type into the, into Google or whatever it is they're typing into... Uh, contact the Prime Minister and that'll show you to a very simple form to say, Dear Mr Prime Minister, we think you should get involved in uh, talking to the Chief Minister to stop this uh, unjust uh, takeover, compulsory acquisition by Calvary, get the Chief Minister back to the table to negotiate. Mm. That would be more than helpful.
0: Mm. One of my uh, mantras, and I know it's been instilled in me by my parents, Father Tony, is... uh Act like everything depends on you, and pray like everything depends on God. I, I, with that said, would encourage all of our listeners to pray for pray for you, pray for Archbishop Christopher Prowse, pray for all the staff there at the hospital, who I know too are just dismayed mm. that this is happening. So many good people in that hospital. We haven't even mentioned the impact upon them. Uh, I would encourage our listeners to pray for this situation. It's probably a, a good way to finish. Though, what's been the reaction of the staff and, and the people that have been? for so many years, I'm sure many of them, dedicating their lives to the work of this hospital.
6: And a lot of the doctors and nurses are very upset. We had a, a, a prayer rally, or sort of a pre- vigil, I suppose you'd call it, uh, last Wednesday, and that was fantastic. And I think the point needs to be made that you know Jesus said to us, um, if you have the faith the size of a mustard seed, you say to this mountain, move, and it moves. Mm. And this is a mountain. This is a real problem. But if we have faith, then things can change. So a lot of our personal problems, social problems, a lot of our work problems, etc. They don't really have human solutions, and they probably don't not supposed to either. So we're supposed to have this faith that actually moves the mountain.
0: Father Tony, this has been a fascinating conversation. I'm really appreciative of your your insights for us. Um, we're going to keep tracking with this. Don't forget, listeners, you can simply go to www.savecalvary.com.au, sign that petition. And look, we'll keep you briefed about how this is going over ensuing weeks. Thank you for those insights. I'm sure that's clarified a whole lot of things for a whole bunch of people. Godspeed and, and uh, God bless you and all that you're fighting for here, not just for, for Canberra Goldwyn, and for, for the whole nation as far as I'm concerned. And uh, look, we look forward to speaking to you again in, in a few weeks' time. We're going to talk to you about a book you've written, Australia, What Went Right, What Went Wrong?, that was the original reason we were going to talk to you on The Journey about that, but uh, this has all come about since then. So we look forward to you speaking to speaking to you in a couple of weeks' time. Thanks very much for joining us on The Journey.
6: Thank you. Delighted. Great pleasure.
0: Faith, hope, love and life. My name's Jude Hennessy. So glad you've joined us this week on The Journey.
5: In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. And in the middle of the war, you guard my soul. You alone are the anchor when my sails are torn. Your love surrounds me in the eye of the storm. When the solid ground is falling out from underneath my feet. Between the black skies and my red eyes, I can barely see. When I realize I've been sold out by my friends and my family, I can feel the rain reminding me, in the eye of the storm, you remain in
4: control. See the future, I picture, slowly fade away. And when the tears of pain and heartache are pouring down my face, I find my peace in Jesus' name. In the eye of the storm, you remain in control. In the middle of the war,
5: you guard my soul.
4: Your love surrounds me
5: And the doctor says I've only got a few months left It's like a bitter pill I'm swallowing I can barely take a breath And when addiction steals my baby girl And there's nothing I can do My only hope is to trust you I trust you, Lord In the
4: eye of the storm You remain in control
5: Storm is raging, and my hope is gone, and my hope is gone, and my flesh is failing, you're still holding.
1: on the journey, faith, hope, and love for life in all its fullness. Now let's live the gospel with Pete Gilmore.
7: St. Augustine wrote, God loves each of us as if there are only one of us. What an incredible amount of love. God loves us with his whole self. Everything is God because he loves us as if there were only one of us. You might have heard this in another way. If you were the only person on earth, Christ would have still suffered and died for you. For years I've heard people say this, and I, and I nodded and smiled and went on my way. I sometimes even thought about how special it made me feel, and how wonderful I must be that He would do this for even me. And don't get me wrong, I am fearfully and wonderfully made, and so are you. And on days when I'm reminded in His Word or through prayer of who I am as a loved child of God and what Jesus has done for me personally... When it gets through my hard heart or my thick head, it can make all the difference when I'm feeling like I'm losing hope. But what if I'd been the only one and he still died for me? Actually, what would it mean? It would have mean that I would have been there by the cross with him, faithful to the end. And sometimes I am, but sometimes my heart and attention fail. But it also means I would have been a disciple that ran away, afraid. Sometimes that's me. If I'd been the only one, that means I would have been the one that said yes to the mob, even though I knew they were wrong. And I would have been in the mob. I would have been the good thief, crying out for forgiveness. Sometimes that's me, and other times I'm the bad thief, blaming Jesus for my mistakes. Sometimes I'm the centurion, and through my sin I I swing the hammer and drive in the nails. If I'd been the only one, I would have been all of these, and I am all of these. And Jesus loves me all the same and dies for me anyway because he loves me. And he loves you too, as if you were the only one. Completely, sacrificially, undeservedly, with all that he is, all the way to the cross and the resurrection. He loves you as if you were the only one.
0: Song: Act justly, love mercy, and walk humbly. For that we heard from Pete Gilmore. He's a champion fella. A little reflection that he's given us, based on some of the stuff he's been reading from Saint Augustine. That God loves each of us as if there are only one of us. Loves us as if we're the only person who ever existed. Beautiful, powerful stuff. Thank you to him. Thank you to Father Daniel McCann. Right back at the top of the show, who broke open this week's Gospel, John 3, 16-18, for the, the Feast of the Most Holy Trinity. Thanks as well to Mother Hilda Scott, who uh, had a piece that she called Looking Into the Dark, and even in the midst of the darkness, knowing that God is there with us. A really good reminder for us, just as we jumped into that wonderful interview that we had with Father Tony Percy, who's head of the task force, which has been hurriedly put together, urgently put together, with the ACT government ignoring their own laws, passing other laws so as to Make some dreadful things possible and that dreadful thing in this instance is taking over Calvary Catholic Hospital with a compulsory acquisition that completely ignores the rule of law. Such a huge precedent in so many ways for jurisdictions right throughout the Federation. Who's next and where's next and what's next? Will it be one of the schools? Who knows? But I do know that every single one of us should be doing exactly what Father Tony has asked, writing to the Prime Minister and certainly signing that petition. Just go to savecalvary.com.au. Need you to do that. Need you to do it now. I don't think that you remember to do it later. Do it now before you forget. It is massively urgent. And if we don't do something about it, we've only got ourselves to blame. When in the future a whole lot of things that we thought were safe in the rule of law come unfortunately and questionably into a new realm of uncertainty. As I said, who knows what what's next? It'll be one of the schools. It'll be another hospital. The people of faith or none should not be treated like this by their own governments. Prime Minister, you need to step in. Mr Albanese, time for you to do what other great Labor Prime Ministers would have done if they were faced with a similar situation. Go better get going. It's been a big show. We will be doing it all again next week and probably giving some updates on Calvary Hospital. We'll be bringing you all the great music, worship, insights that is part and parcel Of this this podcast Thanks to all of our contributors this week And we look forward to having your company again Next week Faith, hope, love and life My name's Jude Hennessy And you've been on The Journey
1: The Journey is presented by Jude Hennessy And produced by Max Norden On Darawal Country In the office of the Bishop for the Catholic Diocese of Wollongong